The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Carl Thomas is sitting in studio in Dublin. He's paying one of his visits to Dublin. Marion McKeown joins us in the United States. So when you're here in Dublin, Carl, will you watch the second Republican Party debate for the presidential nomination? Another one with seven candidates in the absence of Donald Trump. Some are referring to it, Matt, as the uh, seven dwarfs. Uh, No, I'm going to be flying home uh, to the U.S. tomorrow, so I'm going to miss it, but I'll I'll watch the rerun on C-SPAN or some other media. So they may have called them the seven dwarfs, but no Nobody has ever called Donald Trump Snow White. <laughs> That's a very good point, yeah. Uh, I think, you know, some people are saying that this is all about uh, campaigning for the number two slot. But that assumes that Trump is going to get the nomination and he can survive his legal problems, uh, which, as you know, are, are considerable. And uh, it was interesting today I saw that Nikki Haley, the former governor of South Carolina, has moved uh, into the uh, lead ahead of Ron DeSantis in the New Hampshire primary, according to the highly respected uh, St. Elman College. So uh, momentum accounts for a lot, but it's still very, very early. Would you not worry about Donald Trump's state of mind, given that you're so concerned about Joe Biden's? Because in recent days, we've had Donald Trump refer to beating Barack Obama in the 2016 election, Mm -hmm. said Hillary Clinton. We said he said that Jeb Bush was the president during the Iraq war. And he's been talking about whales being killed by windmills at sea. Now, surely that's far more worrying than any of the gaffes Joe Biden has made. (laughs) Well, I don't know. You know, we all make our little mistakes and gaffes. I'm sure you have in your life as well, even on the air. But uh, uh, I, I think that uh, Trump has other problems. Uh, he just uh, recently was suggesting that the chairman of the now the former chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff uh, should be executed for treason. Uh, as far as the whales go, uh, ten of them have washed up on the shore in New Jersey and New York in uh, in this summer, and nobody has an explanation for it. Uh, so I don't, Donald Trump has. Well, it's the windmills. He, well, that's because he's been listening to a lot of conservative media that is speculating about this from people who are against these windmills and don't believe in, in climate change. Now, Marion McCone, of course, Trump is skipping tomorrow's TV debate because he's going to meet with striking auto workers in Michigan. How clever a move might that be for Donald Trump to align himself with those workers? Well, leaving aside the naked cynicism of it in that Donald Trump has never, I mean, has only before ever regarded Donald Trump as a friend of unions and unionization. Uh, I I think not. Uh, But it's because Michigan is the all important state, will be one of the most important states in 2024. Uh, Michigan's a swing state. It went with Trump in 2016. It went with Biden in 2020. um, And they both really need this state. And this is why Biden's going there as well. There's the reason they're not both out in California with the striking writers and actors. Uh, so um, I think that, yeah, you know, it's interesting because even though Donald Trump has no bona fides when it comes to unions and union workers, about 40% of union workers support Donald Trump. It's kind of astonishing. So he'll go there, he'll make a big speech, he'll blame Biden for giving all the jobs to China. It will all be nonsense and probably a lot of people will swallow it. Uh, you know, I, I think I with regards to the second Republican debate, it's astonishing. It's such an after-run event. It's all in the Ronald Reagan Library, and you know, which is the the venue is so magnificent. I've been there many times in Semi Valley, uh, and it, you know, this should be a time when the pack is tightening up, when people are looking. But everybody thinks that this is just an afterthought. You know, as Carl said, at best they're running for um, the VP position, the vice presidency, if 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 they get lucky. But but um, it, you know, in in New Hampshire, Ron DeSantis isn't just third now; he's fifth. 
He's running fifth. This was the big hope, the big hope of Fox News, the big hope of all Conservatives. And he is just trailing miserably. And I don't see him coming back. And yet at the same time, Carl, Joe Biden's ratings are falling further. The Washington Post ABC poll uh, has uh, found them in the tank, practically. He's down in the 30 percentile now. The same place Jimmy Carter was in 1980 when Ronald Reagan won that election. No president has ever been reelected with those kinds of numbers. Now, there are some people who say it's an outlier, meaning it's it's not really a uh, an accurate poll. But the trend continues downward and uh, members of his own party and leadership now are questioning and more than questioning, suggesting that there ought to be a replacement for him. The problem is who's going to do it? Power is such an aphrodisiac, especially in Washington, that people are hooked on it to the point where uh, they can't give it up, uh, not not willingly anyway. You look at uh, Senator Bob Menendez of New Jersey, who has uh, just been indicted on corruption charges or taking allegedly uh, huge amounts of money, including gold bars from the uh, country of Egypt. He, he, he stuffed $500,000 uh, in in uh, in bills in his clothing. Now I don't know about you, Matt, but I never carry that much money around. Uh, and uh, how does he explain the gold bars and all of this stuff with a, a salary of only one hundred and seventy four thousand dollars a year? I was just about to ask you what the salary is for a senator or for a member of the House of Representatives because it does come across at times that a lot of these people live in very big houses and. Mm are very well dressed and live it up. I mean, do they have additional expenses on top of their salary or donations that they're allowed to draw upon? It depends. Uh, there are uh, laws about this, but as a friend of mine once said, the great scandal in Washington is not what's illegal, it's what's legal. And there are many ways around these uh, restrictions. Uh, no, you're right. I mean, how do you come in uh, as a thousand heir and leave as a multimillionaire? Nancy Pelosi, for example, a former Speaker of the House, she's going to run again in her 80s from her district in San Francisco, uh, is a multimillionaire. Uh, how do you do that when you've been in public service all your life and nobody really investigates these things? It really is a scandal. Yeah, Marion McKeown, is that something that people are entitled to look at askance? Um, yeah, because there is a, a very big record of people coming into Congress, coming into the Senate and the House and leaving an awful lot richer uh, when, than when they came in, notwithstanding that the salaries are relatively modest. And then, you know, but but this happens across the board. You have Clarence Thomas in the Supreme Court. Their salaries are in or around the same, a bit more, I think, than the senators. And they're living, you know, very high on the hog as well. And private planes and what have you. But I think that this Menendez case is, look, innocent until proven guilty. We say this about everyone on the programme, but the evidence against him is shocking and overwhelming. And I think what's interesting is that Democrats have, as one, called for his resignation. They have got out there and said, you need to resign, you need to resign. You don't see that happening on the other side of the fence uh, with Donald Trump and his 91 indictments, uh, or 91 charges, I beg your pardon. Uh, so, I, But I, I think that if you look at that, Joe Biden always um, made it a point, which is why his his looming impeachment is so ironic. Well, we'll see. Um, he made a point that he left the Senate as poor as when he went in after 35 years, and that consistently he was one of the five poorest people in the in all of the 535 House and Senate members throughout his career. So I'm not sure how that ties in with this impeachment where he's being accused of making tens of millions of dollars. We'll see. Even if this impeachment is based on a false premise, is it going to do him significant damage, Marion? 
Uh, yeah, you know what? I think Democrats aren't taking this seriously enough. I don't know if people remember, and I, I'm sure Cal does as well, uh, John Kerry being swift-boated, as they called it, in 2004. John Kerry was a war hero. There was no question of it. He was given medals. He gave them back at the end of the war because, you know, in protest. But he was a bona fide war hero in Vietnam. George W. Bush was a draft dodger. No question of that. He avoided the war. He stayed out, but he behaved in a very cowardly manner. Now, he... It, th- th- this question ended up, the Republicans knew that, uh, the, that, that Kerry would go after Bush. So they said, we'll get him first. So they made up this whole nonsense about a swift boat in the, on a river in Vietnam and that he was a coward and that his whole record was a sham. And people bought it. So I think that I think that Biden is not pushing back and his people are not pushing back hard enough on this whole impeachment thing. And I think that all the Republicans want to do is to muddy up Biden's name. They want to say, hey, you know, he's not that honest. Everyone thinks he's honest, but he isn't. And it looks like it's working. So I think they need to pay a lot closer attention. Last word not to you, Cal Thomas. Yeah, it reminds me of what the uh, former Senator Harry Reid said uh, about Mitt Romney not paying uh, his fair share in income tax. It turned out not to be true. But after the election, uh, uh, Harry Reid was interviewed and said, what about that, uh, Senator? He said, well, it worked, didn't it? Indeed. Uh, that's what was the Lyndon B. Johnson was when he was putting around a false rumour. Uh, throw it out there and let's see the bastards deny it. <laughs> That's okay. right. All right. Mary McKeown, Cal Thomas, thank you. Cal has given me a copy of his new book. It's called A Watchman in the Night with the subtitle What I've Seen Over 50 Years Reporting on America uh, from Cal Thomas, America's number one syndicated columnist. And I see, Cal, there's a pull quote, an endorsement on the front which says, when Cal Thomas speaks, I try to listen. I've been listening to him for a long time, just like listeners to The Last Word. But this is from Mike Huckabee, yeah. who, of course, uh, the Sarah Sanders Huckabee, daughter, was the chief spokeswoman for Donald Trump. And now governor of Arkansas, as he was. Well, there's some other endorsements there, too. Henry Louis Gates of Harvard and my favorite, Pat Sajak of Wheel of Fortune. (laughs) Okay, Very diverse. (laughs) Thank you very much, Cal Thomas and Marion McKeown. We'll be back with a slightly delayed 6 and 6 after this. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.